Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that would have totally been a regular at the rabbit in red my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we continue our summer of slasher series by providing a fan commentary track for the winner of our 2018 into the mouth of march madness tournament the one the only the classic Halloween. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're a part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our episodes at BoomHowdy.com or the easiest way to listen in is simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your boogeyman hole. And don't forget, if you are again a final boy or final girl and you're looking for a little Wi-Fi and you need a little entertainment, uh, you can find us out on the social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead and that's also where you can find uh, on facebook all of our latest events and shenanigans mm-hmm. gotta keep up uh, july 1st stuff. in fact i'll be hosting a screening of a film that i will argue to my dying breath is a horror film uh, but the 1975 classic jaws mm. dun, 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 dun. a horror film cleverly disguised as a summer blockbuster yeah Oh, absolutely. A slasher. Underwater slasher. Oh, Jaws 2 especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to actually our 2018 into yeah. the mouth of March where you talk, I believe, Jaws 2 in that particular episode. Uh, but yeah, no, you can definitely track all of our good horror shenanigans out there. Uh, but speaking of horror shenanigans, the Summer of Slasher series has provided um, some new entries. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing Laid to Rest for the first time was a gr- was glorious. Um, seen some old favorites. Yeah. Uh, talking to royalty, of course. Of course. And uh, obviously... <laughs> Sweets to the sweet. In July, we are going to... You, I know, are exploring some, exploring some first-time watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have some other really good guests coming on. Uh, we're even going to go to a, another classic slasher. But for many people, when they're asked... Uh, what is the granddaddy of slashers yeah. or what is one of your favorite slashers or you know what here's the another top one. tier what is one of the most influential films in all uh-huh. of horror yeah this film could fit into all of those and there's a reason it won our 2018 into the mouth of march madness tournament oh yeah this is a classic man and you know we've tackled this film in quite a few episodes technically (laughs) Uh, we always refer back to our exhaustive talk with uh, Justin Beam uh, and early in the catalog uh, Mm -hmm. of our episodes but I mean we tackled the entire franchise uh, see back to the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament from two years ago. Yeah. So we've we uh, what's the we've done what's the score we've done all sorts of stuff. This film is in the DNA of the podcast. Absolutely. And as you'll find out in this commentary track, this film is in the very DNA of me. And this is a film that's very personal. Yeah. Uh, this is a film that I know has such a large fan base. And let's face it, we're not going to necessarily be able to add anything that people don't have out there already mm-hmm. except for our personal ties and connections to this film same here because this is 
one of my top five horror movies of all time. Probably movies in general. This is a film that, again, you can show. Well, you know what? We'll get to it into the commentary track. Now, there are many ways you can watch this film. In fact, right now on Shudder, a little Shudder shout out, you can stream it. Uh, We're utilizing the Scream Factory Mm Blu-ray. A really nice set that they put out, um, except for the track, uh, subtitle track on Halloween 3. God darn you guys. Um, but we're going to do a little lethal weapon countdown. Now we have everything queued up to at the start of the film. So it is pitch black. If you were to hit start, you would immediately be hit with the classic iconic score. Uh-huh. And then the capital, uh, the logo will come up. So get everything queued up, get your Shatner masks ready. Uh, the, you know, get the jack-o'-lanterns lit. And then uh, remember it's going to be three, two, one, and then we're going to pull it that is right three two one and play so genius are you ready to do this i'm so stoked for this man i'm ready for this it's like i was telling you off mic it's cool to see halloween outside of halloween you know because this is in the regular rotation but we'll get into that but ah this is gonna be dope the over under on bad loomis impressions oh yeah and and of course i'm gonna show up in this (laughs) Okay. Again, this the film and everything tied to it is here. So let's go ahead and count. Start start our countdown. Three, two, two one, play. And as we start yet another fan commentary track for Nightmare Junkhead, we're hit with a familiar glow. And mm-hmm. I think throughout the commentary tracks we provide in the movies we talk, there's always something about the logo. Yeah, you think Rosebud with right. Evil Dead Two, but you have this iconic score. Oh, once again, we have no affiliation with any oh, yes. people making of the movies. We're just two fans who joined Band the commentary. shit out of this. Right, this is going to be great because it's Joe Carpenter's Halloween. Instantly, that iconic music, that pumpkin, that font, that color—it just pops, and it just makes you think of Halloween. I mean, it just—it's like you said, it's in the DNA. Halloween. This is the epitome. This is a film that you can show normies. This is a film, even sitting through the f- the music at this point, this is a film I have on multiple copies of vinyl, sadly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's one of those films that I have to be actually in a mood to listen to because sometimes... It's scary as shit. It still scares me. In fact, um, putting I was getting everything set up earlier today and I had it on in the background and I had to turn it off because I was just getting too scared at certain mm-hmm. points as silly as that is as old as I am as rational as I am the music still just can burrow its way into my brain okay now this is the first time that a Dean Cundy and Carpenter get together we call them a CNC movie factory I believe everybody dance now uh, Dean Cundy I think is old and I will say the the, the list of people that worked on this film Deborah Hill who is a part who is so important to so many genre films that you're a fan of and we'll mm-hmm. get into that uh tommy lee wallace who we've actually talked halloween three before he yeah. did a commentary track uh erwin yoblins who actually was the origin of the idea of setting it on halloween uh again we'll talk deborah hill but so many things had to work for this film because this is kind of a master class of independent cinema mm-hmm. the, do what you want with what you have but oh man Directed by John Carpenter. Black hats and goblins and broomsticks and ghosts. Covens of witches and all of their hosts. This, Scare me. This, film, this right. film begins as 
going going back to the film that actually opened up our summer slasher series Candyman. Yeah. this film is actually kind of built around an urban legend mm-hmm. or that one house the old myers house and then he shows you what happened and i dig it because again it screams halloween with the goblins and ghosts and halloween night you immediately know that you're in for something scary and there were also kids with the narration <laughs> as well yeah i know exactly <laughs> fuck all that noise and then you see oh and then it sets up now Yes, Black Christmas and stuff like that, but this oh yeah no it yeah. sets up the tropes so nicely with the with the the babysitters and the vengeance angle and the killer and you don't know well you know everything that Bob Clark did in Black Christmas John Carpenter kind of takes it and takes it to the next level because this entire intro from the steady gla- the steady cam which was I mm-hmm. believe it was called the let's see here. The pen, the Pentaglide, the Panaglide, this whole new technology with this Steadicam and everything just being so fluid with this point mm-hmm. of view. And that's what you get in Black Christmas. And such a crazy sting, such a wonderful <laughs> when it's I mean, it stings you because you're like, Ooh, you know, something ill is about to go down when you hear that. And it's so it's so simple, but so effective. But ultimately, you just the kind of the almost the unsteadiness of the steady cam uh-huh the p- and the you the killer eye view from the from the one take shot that it's just going on while the music slowly steadily builds this brings they, the tension and they very cleverly cut this into two shots actually the moment that they put on the, the mask, mask yep that's okay shout out to deborah hill that is her hand holding now not young Michael Myers, because unfortunately uh, they have the child laws there. Also, if this is your first time watching Halloween, you, I'm sorry. You, oh, you're doing your. You were gonna send you to the Haddonfield. You know, you're gonna be it's Haddonfield Mental Hospital. <laughs> you're gonna you're dumping around like. <laughs> Doctor Loomis is gonna be. You know, for to listen to us, you have to seen this six times, <laughs> at least, at least, at definitely. least. Now. Here's the thing. I feel really bad for this guy because it's been all of maybe a minute, two minutes at most since they were going upstairs. <laughs> it's low hanging fruit. I know that. But typical teen because. Well, you know what? We don't know what he's going to go get. Maybe he maybe he's smart. Maybe he's like, hey, if we're going to go do this, I need to go get something out of the car. Oh, you know what? Quick. I know a guy in a bathroom that can sell me some condoms. Right. At a drive. And then, so, so meanwhile, his shenanigans story is just going to go to the convenience store. He gets pulled over. Shenanigans. He finally comes back with the condoms and like, holy shit, what's happening? That's so like that could definitely happen. Well, I was actually going to go to Blood Rage myself, but just with that Ted Raimi cameo as <laughs> as the condom salesman and again we get uh this is deborah hill's hand and this is when we get the nice little clever cut but this is now from here on out we get another one shot and again just the music in the background it's just so subtly creepy but honestly adding this whole aspect here is super creepy the fact that you're put in the killer's it eyes. becomes even more voyeur-esque mm-hmm. when you they, when you put the mask on you're complacent also, in the murders and also this gets us a little bit of we'll get to the three g's uh that we've done in the summer slashers the the gimmick the gore and the gratuity but here you get a little bit of the nudity and it's it's just a little bit though mm-hmm. again and it's not gratuitous you know it's part of the shot it doesn't necessarily linger just for a second and then cuts away you know, and you, you do get a little bit more gratuitous with right. DJ at the at the very end. See anything you like. <laughs> 
But again, we at this point, it seems like we've been with one shot, and then also with just the steadiness and, and the repetition, and then the music of it, and then as he comes out and like the franticness of it, and it's built up in your head at this point. Especially think about back in 1978 when people were seeing this for the first time. This reveal, ta-da! That not only it's a little kid. Mm-hmm. And here's what I like. You know what? If you got a crane on set, we're going to use it. Use it. And a lot of people said, like, man, this shot goes on. But I was like, no, are you kidding? With I the, mean, the rise of the music. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, you're in shock. You just, you see this little kid with a knife. You're like, what the fuck's going on? It's beautiful. It's I a mean, great looking shot. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, this this movie is responsible for what I kind of call um worst case scenario imagery. Like, for example, Bad babysitting. for example, if I'm driving around at night and it's raining and I were to stumble upon a group of people in like fuck all that noise, dude, and, and, in like gowns and, and scrubs and gowns just wandering, you know, be it um, let out of a gate or a bus. I'm turning right the fuck around. That's a worst case scenario. Yeah, that's I'm not even turning around. I'm putting him in reverse. And uh, just backing up because that scared the shit out of me when he jumps over the thing that 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 sting and everything and that's the, mm-hmm. you get another classic stinger in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we are introduced to the reason why I think that number one this film has a little bit of gravitas, mm-hmm. but also has as the film itself kind of evolved into a little bit more camp material, more eighties yeah. fair. As did Loomis, because he became more campy and in just to the point that, you know, the end of part four, he's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Here, though, even when he gets to his lunacy and we'll get into his lunacy, his lo- <laughs> the Loomis, his leg, the legacy lunacy. <laughs> there's um, there's again, he just adds so much to it. But the, the whole history of Halloween. And again, there's a reason that we're talking about this film, you know, some 40 years you know, after its conception and, you know, release. And it's just because it's a film that, like we said, the DNA is in the podcast. The DNA is in myself. Do you remember your first experience with the movie Halloween Genius? I remember one of the first times. Uh, it's Like I said, it's been forever since since I was little. Came out the, the year I was, I was born. So growing up, I remember seeing it one time on on the stoop of my aunt and my grandmother's stairs and I'm looking down at the TV and it's right at the part where he like rises up and oh. I'm all about like five or six freaks me the fuck out I'm like whoa but I didn't get I didn't like get to the point where I left I was like I was like intrigued I was hooked and grabbed and so I was like where is this going to go and it went Okay, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck all that noise right there when there's that perfect cut of the music and then the reveal of the lighting there mm-hmm. of them wandering around. And then with his also increased, like, it just. We have to get out of here. Yeah. Keep on going. And the fact that you know that you're going to a sanitarium. Well, the place almost like, like getting to a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. Just almost like when you're, you know, getting up to Dracula's castle. Well, when I was little, the part, the the part that's this part when he jumps over the fence or jumps over the car, oh. I thought it was a ghost when I first saw it, because I was young and it scared me. And, and like, and you, you you don't necessarily see his face completely. You just see the burn of the hat, that burn. Now, I'm always have because I've seen this, you know, this like you said, this is one that is on regular rotation. Um, always see it at home. 
Um, always lucky enough to see it, usually in the theater. Either yeah. Screenland or Alamo will usually have it screening. Uh, but this is one that's interesting to play with kind of a modern crowd, because I have heard people that their Halloween is Rob Zombie's Halloween. Hold on, hold on. Can, you know, be open, be open. I am, I am, I am. But they find this movie is slow and boring. And... I know. No, no, no. Again, again like we're talking a, about. There's a guy who's trying to put his hand through the thing. An escape mental patient steals somebody's car. And actually, this is actually the first little bit of lunacy you get with lunacy, where he's just he's gone. He's gone. The evil is gone. Right. That at this point we really have the idea of the shape because he's not saying Michael's gone. He's just saying the he's, evil. Is the gone. evil is gone. That's all the backstory we got. That's all the backstory we need. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Well, it's funny with that. You know, here we are. We're 11 minutes in, and now we've got, you know, an escaped killer on yeah. our hands. Uh, so I guess ultimately at this point, let's address one of the first G's in our three G's there is the gimmick of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's right in the title. It's Halloween. It's a, it's, it's a killer that kills happenstance on Halloween. It's great. And the whole film originated as the babysitter murders. The babysitter murders. murders. Yeah. And it was Erwin Yoblins that wanted to go ahead. And he, and he was like, "There's." it's incredible that at that point, there had been no films with the title of Halloween in it. Mm-hmm. Which is, in, I mean, right. at that point, that's incredible. that Because that it's not like Halloween is a new thing. No, not you know, at it's all. It's been around for like ages. So, And with the simple kind of rebranding of it, I think you have then, number one, you're tied into something that is celebrated almost around the world. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, but something that also was very uniquely, especially with John Carpenter and everyone, it's almost a uniquely, not only an independent film, but kind of an American horror film. Mm-hmm. And then we get the introduction of genre icon. Jamie Lee Curtis. And <laughs> someone you grow to care about as a character, you know, like not just fodder. You, you like. Oh, you mean the, the, the withdrawn, sullen one that, uh, you know, feels a little bit awkward. Oh, no, I would never identify with that. Are you kidding? <laughs> No, yeah, no, never been an awkward teen. <laughs> no, but obviously this is kind of the kickstart her into eventually, uh, obviously Halloween 2, um, The Fog, uh, Prom Night, and then you from there she started then transitioning into becoming like a blockbuster actor, mm-hmm. going from Trading Places to... Fish Called Wanda. Oh, she is so goddamn She's, good. And a fish called Wanda. Fish called Wanda. Her and Kevin Klein with his asshole. <laughs> that movie's still. That's another one that I'd like to watch with a crowd, but I'm curious how a modern audience would see it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, it's not one that's not necessarily politically correct. There's a lot of gay panic going on in it, which it was made in the 80s because, of course, it is. Another time. Another place. But here we're introduced with um, young Paul Rudd, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're introduced here before to, he became a vampire. <laughs> yeah, this is, actually, there's a young little Tommy Wallace t- somewhere <laughs> stuck in somewhere as you know Paul Rudd just remains ageless. But here we're introduced to the idea of that's the Spook House, mm-hmm. and here also is the Happen Chance. This is why Laurie Strode was initially targeted. She just happened to be there as is Michael Myers, and again another classic simple stinger. It's just dun. that works. But now he's fixated on her. <laughs> Fuck Lonnie. Everybody's like dismissive of Lonnie. Lonnie's probably dumb. Everybody. And like throughout the franchise, Lonnie's always getting a bad rap. Bonus points for them bringing back Lonnie and a very nice little Easter egg that mm-hmm. if you never knew anything about it, it would be fine. 
and our first little introduction of like third person Michael Myers. Shoulder cam. Yeah, and of course, the heavy breathing, which was famously parodied in one of your favorites, um, which is that horror comedy? Um, student Bodies? Yeah, Student Bodies. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, also, interestingly enough, there is the whole linkage of this franchise, how it's evolved, how there's actually many ways you can watch this franchise, just the multiple timelines as it comes out, and yeah. we'll talk about it eventually. But the fact that Dr. Wynn here eventually comes back also in the Paul Rudd featured Halloween six. In fact, go back to our episode. We have, uh, we had Anya Stanley on and we got a chance to talk, um, the, the Halloween six film, which, you know, the curse of Michael Myers, which is a very divisive film for many people. But now, first of all, he's parked in a handicapped parking space. That's hell illegal. Dr. Loomis. All right. (laughs) Second of all, let's address it. Right. The, the driving lesson. Okay. It cracks me up ever to think about it. But you know what? They probably have correspondence courses in the hospital. You know, he's probably seen TV. He knows. Okay. I talked about how this film is responsible so, for so many of these worst case imageries in my mind. So if I'm ever at work, if I'm ever in a classroom environment and there's a window, <laughs> you know what would be the worst thing if I were to look out would be? Uh oh. It would be this right here. You don't Just understand. Just creep in a car? In my office, I am exposed to a parking lot, so I have mo- many multiple opportunities. It, I know that sounds weird, but in my worst case scenario, if I ever look out and I see something like that, I am going to lose my mind. That is so horrible. That is so <laughs> horrible. And what's beautiful, and again, going back to Dean Cundy and the power of lighting and photography in, the, photography in this film, is it's subtle enough that that's why they go back a second time, because we immediately go and we see the shape. Yeah. But if you're not seeing it, if you're seeing this for the first time, you don't automatically go there. He's so kind of almost camouflaged mm-hmm. within the context of the car. Just Shatner just disappears. That's the first time Shatner's, Shatner's ever been subtle. Right. He's <laughs> subtle Shatner. No. Okay. So going back to like creepy shit in schools and stuff. But, but before we talk about he's going to get you, he's going to get you, he's going to get you, which always like. I kind of enjoy not school bullies, but the whole like he's gonna get you, he's gonna get are you, you, scare champ. Are you with Lonnie and his crew? Are you bullying? No, no. I'm not bullying, but like I'm like. Are you laughing from afar? Probably. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. Now, if they if they made it a little bit more lighthearted, like if they like scared him, then I'd be like. <laughs> but the fact that like they're straight up bullying him, I don't condone bullying. But like, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. Oh, that, that's a dick move. And then Fuck man, those kids. That Lon, has insult Lonnie gets energy. whatever he gets. I'm just saying I like them scaring people. That's what he gets. A good come up and scare. Good on Michael Myers. <laughs> <sighs> Being a creep. Well, I was going to say, as someone that has provided probably some inopportune scares for youngsters going by <laughs> a certain <laughs> bar. So, okay. So, <laughs> so speaking of scare, I got my comeuppance in a school like this once. So, I'm at the college once. I'm at the community college. And I'm staying late taking some classes. This is right out of high school. And so um, I'm getting out. And it's a little bit later now. So the, so the lights are out. But it's the kind where motion sensors where the lights will come on and stuff. And As employed in the last Halloween filic. Right. So I'm walking around. And I'm going out of the class getting my stuff. And it's dark. And then the light shines up. And then I hear 
dun 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 dun. I start hearing this. I start hearing the Michael Myers theme, the Halloween theme. Not in your head. Mm-mm. Physically in the hallway, slowly, right? Like the slowly stalking thing. And then I'm walking. The lights are coming off, and I'm like freaking out because then the somehow one of them didn't quite work because there was a light come there was a light coming back on right in the very very back and i'm trying to walk i'm trying to walk up front i'm trying to walk up front and <laughs> it's still going dun 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 and i'm walking faster and the migos going faster and it's getting dark behind me except for the one flickering off in the back and then and then finally as i get to the end of the hallway i look in and there's another music room and there's some guy working late and he's playing on the piano and i go motherfucker i start yelling at him he goes what 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 and i tell him the story he goes oh shit dude i'm so sorry man i didn't know and, uh, he, he couldn't be playing like the moonlight sonata no. No, no, he couldn't play this nice, nice and like or a jaunty fucking. I didn't tell like my rock time, baby. Anything like play me out, Stanley. I Benny Hill would have been even better, but like I'm freaking out. So I got my comeuppance. That is horrible. That is that's almost like having your own um like nemesis origin in one way of like someone that like affected your life so much oh my god that's frightening well this is also the fact that so many things are established in this film um the halloween gimmick that he always ends up in a jumpsuit Mm -hmm. like that's what he gravitates towards this begs the question right like what would it what could have been in a what if universe but also this gives us our little uh uh, re- reductive logic there where he's uh, the rabbit in red like he's been here it's your funeral <laughs> poor and Phelps garage a little bit of gore and that's the other G that we're going to talk about that's the uh, we just recently uh, watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre upon mm-hmm. the big screen which you know talk about another 40 year old plus film that is still effective on the big screen uh, to this day but a film that employs minimal gore and yeah. that's the thing with Halloween very minimal, minimal gore, gore. Mm-hmm. well here we get now our introduction of PJ Souls totally <laughs> totally uh, huge credit to Deborah Hill uh, her production contributions to this film so much but another thing was the dialogue with all the teenage girls mm-hmm. um, and the the totally thing just that's what that's what people remember that's that little almost special ingredient and spice of this film. Yeah. Of all the things that there are to love of the movie, that's one of the films that people remember. Mm, totally. Because <laughs> it works. Well, it's great. They're, they're, PJ is wonderful. In this. All the girls are wonderful. In this oh, Nancy Kyes is awesome as Annie. Everyone is so good in this. And again, it establishes that whole prototypical thing. <laughs> That you'll see in the kind of the blueprint blueprint of slasher films from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done an episode of Black Christmas. Go and check that one out. And I've got a place for that. <laughs> her, <laughs> her delivery in this film to me is like Linne- Linnea Quigley esque, like kind of just realizing exactly yeah what she's in. But this whole thing with Michael Myers creeping, and then the again the introduction back to the f- music is some. This is another worst case scenario. It's like the Jaws theme. Like, oh, it no is. No ill shit's going on. Now, in 4K, this is the first time seeing it where <laughs> it's not the same one, where you actually really kind of see the mask, but it's still subtly conf- speed kills. Speed. Okay. It's like talk shit, get hit. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> Do not condone that here on the podcast. <laughs> that's what happens. No, not, not that's what happens. That's why he targets... 
the babysitters. Well, yeah, he was because, fixated on Lori Strode initially. But, but now then, you like, think, they're like, oh man, these girls talking shit when I'm trying to drive. It's like, do you find anything humorous about the way I drive my automobile? You know, <laughs> are, are, you, so, are you trying to craft a narrative where Michael Myers is actually the victim here? No, no, no. He's just petty. He he's, he's just petty. like, I'll show them. They laughing at me. I'm trying to drive. So that's how he goes on his spree. <sighs> this is true. He is really just learning the rules of etiquette, road etiquette. So you know, I'm sure he would. He's, he's a classic example road of road rage. rage to the yeah. next level, like outside of the car, road rage. <laughs> His road rage has a narrative at this point. <laughs> it's yeah. It's that's it's it's funny to the point where now he's technically on foot. As 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 everything goes, but the, what's great is at this point the way they've used the camera is you don't know if it's point of view, you don't know if it's like third person narrative or if it is just the camera, mm-hmm. and that makes you so unsettled at so many times in this film. Even and look at just how everything is lit at this point. I've this is me walking down the street with Lola right yeah. now, and that's what that's what the beauty of this film is. They brought the horror to the suburbs, if you will. Uh, because you, when you're in your house, you're supposed to be safe. You're in the suburbs, you're supposed to be safe. Right. It's not. You don't have to worry about chuds in the city. <laughs> you have to worry no, or street where, toughs. Where, you have to worry. That's where about. Chud Two came into because technically Bud was in the suburbs there. Now, ultimately, you have everyone pairing off here. Now, this is another worst case imagery right there. Right. That's creepy. Now, as scary as that is, as much as that still frightens me to this day. They still had to see him scampering off, did they not? Because that chubbery is still is still right. Trying to see through, you see some legs, and imagine then you have yakety snacks, yakety snacks, and then like John Carpenter's chasing him. That's why you see the puff of smoke. It's like he turns into like a little train. Well, and that's the only thing that gives me reprieve at these moments because it still does genuinely scare me. It's the levity, like so you I have know. to find it. Right, right. Because, yeah, when you throw that in there, that is just, that's nightmare imagery. This is stuff that has stuck with me to this day. Like I said, that's a worst case scenario for me. If I'm mm-hmm. walking Lola and I look up, the worst case if I'm by a shrubbery is someone, Michael, is Michael, is the shape the looking at me? Yeah. looking at you like, no, it might not be the exact shape. It but might be, a shape. Yeah, it, it could be a shape. But if it's something, if it's something staring at me like at that angle, oh, forget about it. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I'm walking and I'm looking up at a house, and again, the worst case imagery is Michael, the shape looking at looking me. Looking back, yeah. Oh. Ooh, that would be creepy. It's horrible. Yee. And yet, I'll do it. I'll find myself doing. It. I'm like, why? <laughs> don't look up. Don't look up. Because <clears throat> you know. Well, I guess around this time of the year, everyone deserves a good scare, even if it is. Is this a cheap jump scare or is this deserved? Because we had a little bit of a buildup. Yeah. And that's the thing. Carpenter, the shape, Michael Myers has the patience of Cropsey because of how he is kind of just messing with him at this point. Just waiting. He's slowly escalating, mm-hmm. like to the point where, again, almost like a subtle spice where he's just messing with her enough to be in the back of her head. You know, at this point, she's genuinely, she's kind of on, on ease now. He's not coming out just slashing away. Not at all, Like he no. would in like later entries. And that's just it. That's the thing that this film influenced so many in fact, actually, next uh, next week's film uh, is actually the film that probably um, benefited the most from Halloween and the mm-hmm. Halloween franchise. It could probably safely be argued. 
But here now, what a bummer. Did you ever have to go Halloween or trick or treating that early when it was really still daylight out? Oh, hell yeah. I loved it, dude. Oh, you okay? I loved it because when you go out trick or treating that early, you hit more, dude. You go trick or treating, <laughs> you go trick or treating that early, you'd hit the mall, okay? Then after you'd hit the mall, then you'd hit the individual houses. Wow, you'd hit the after mall. I didn't even the, think about that. After you hit the individual houses around your block while it's still light, then you go out and then then you go out in the night further out. So you like make your circle bigger as the night progresses, and then slowly winding down to your back home. Worst case imagery, right there awful but that's genius i didn't even think about that the mall yeah doing laundry out there with michael myers fuck all that noise (laughs) i don't think he understands getting separating the uh (laughs) separating the colors right (laughs) like next Uh, thing you know uh, all the sheets are like pink like man he just dries them on the on the truck uh, you know the the car as he's going along there now i will say annie just this (coughs) this is a lot of crunching and chomping on the gum it's a little excessive and the timing, of course, is perfect. But I just realized, you talk about going trick-or-treating. One of the things that triggered tr- triggered me was uh, going around my neighborhood at night. We had gone trick-or-treating, and we're just basically kind of just walking around, eating our candy. And we just so happened to walk by a house, and their window was open, but they were playing the movie Halloween, and I nice. heard the music. And when you told me that story, all of a sudden, that kind of triggered me. I'm like, and I genuinely got scared to the point. I was like, let's, and I ran home. Like, and my friend was like, why are we running? I was like, because I heard the Halloween music. Yeah, That's I, funny. It, it's this, this, and I'll even get to probably the most traumatic childhood moment where Halloween kind of, again, the worst case imagery yeah. triggered me. Oh, and it's embarrassing. And I've told it on the podcast, but you know, this is a commentary track. We got, you know, an hour and a half to cover. So we'll get into that anecdote as well. Uh, you know, shall I get into it now? No, I'm going to wait for the specific imagery. Right. You know, now. We would never have got along on Halloween as growing up because I would have scared the shit out of you. I oh, love you scaring been... people on Halloween. I I would have maybe been the reluctant friend, you know, that. Just kind of like, the, like uh, tolerates the shenanigans. <laughs> so uh, famously, you can actually, the people that own the Halloween house have uh, fake pumpkins, pumpkins where you can actually recreate this famous shot here. Which I think is so amazingly awesome. Apparently, the people that own the the Myers house are just amazing people. That's rad. Yeah, uh, Misty Dawn has uh, done that. I think uh, Katie has. Jill, I think has. Uh, it's become a rite of passage for many people. The uh, the Halloween pilgrimage. I'd like to go do it. It's all. It's the Halloween horror fan bucket list. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Go check it out. Go to Haddonfield. <laughs> it is. It's. You could probably do the little, the, you know, the the Annie tour, if you will. <laughs> you have a Blue Oyster Cult playing on in the background. Exactly. There we go. Can we go to Annie's, like, wash washroom, <laughs> wash house? Well, again, this film establishes many, many tropes that you find. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, so talking about the score and the importance of it. Uh oh, oh, breaking! Oh, slasher sins! Another trope there, yeah. You're slasher sins, but also technically, um, Lori does smoke pot, but she survives, so that doesn't—it's mm-hmm. not a necessary death sentence, Mm-mm. you know. But I love that this gravekeeper 
do you think it's something that like for Gravekeeper 101 they have to know the stories of every single oh, yeah. like, person that resides well, there? Think about it. What else do you got to do but read upon who's buried there, especially if it's like, you know, has a those... serial killer or like has that like stigma of like true crime? Uh, yeah, that's So that's the urban legend. Everybody in Hanfield knows about the even the Myers house. Do you, you think, know? do you think this gravekeeper actually probably has now a horror, like a true crime horror podcast? <laughs> I was out digging in the th- <laughs> conversation by. with Buck Flowers. There you, go, there you go. That's the thing. I think if this is, was later on in the career, this, this would have been played by Buck Flowers. Absolutely, it would. Well, and that's like we goddamn kids moving the fucking headstones is all pissed off. Uh, no, he even says goddamn kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think J- John Carpenter was writing for Buck Flower even back in, you know, 77, 78. Yeah. <laughs> so, because- one of these days I'll find my muse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was it the f- no, actually Escape from New York came in 1980 and then The Fog was 81, right? Uh-huh. And Buck Flower was in both of them, so technically 1980 was when he finally got that connection. There we go. <laughs> the Buck Flower connection. The Someday like the, we'll find so, it. The fuck flower connection. The peckers, the assholes, and me. It's all pissed off and surly. Calling everybody names and whatnot. Fucking buck flowers. Uh, also, 1978, just a simpler time, another time. Another place. As, <laughs> but also, just the. My, again, the shape isn't subtle when it comes to tailgating. As we no, know. he's right up on him. <laughs> You know, it's a good thing that they're high, actually, because that's maybe they're calm and they're mellow. Yeah. So they're not like, dude, there's <laughs> a guy on. slow, too. Like, this is cool, though. He's, he's actually honking on him because he's actually upset at this point. It's <laughs> like, all... seriously. No, I'm re- these girls have been pissing me off all day. I'm going to fuck them up tonight. He's just. This was the final just, straw. He's just that so broke. mad at them. This is so bad. In fact, he's so mad, he finally has to pull over to the side of the car because he's going to road rage. <laughs> fuck, I got to punch something so he goes to buck what do we say is buck flower store and buck- yeah this is what this is where we said you could have actually had buck flower as, as the, the shape like well as the guy that owned the uh the or, the, 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 no, the hardware store, store yeah goddamn kids break my fucking window as he said probably kids you blame everything on kids well they don't get off my lawn <laughs> playing that damn blue oyster cult <laughs> right no, this is <laughs> that little giggle that Jamie Lee gives right there I, humanizes the character. And I guess that's the other thing to talk about is that you're, you're really invested in the characters of this film because we are at this point. Let's see here. We're 32 minutes in. They're and not we fodder. And yeah, we haven't had any kills. We've had a lot of scare like dread and suspense. And kill. Oh, yeah. I love this little like bit right here. If you're not the first time you're viewing this, you may pick up on the shape back there. But if you're not, just again, Cundy and Carpenter, man, C and C, the way they use everything now. <laughs> see, and this actually the starkness of him and him like shit. <laughs> like, no, he ducks he, down a little bit, like fucking the fuzz on man. Not this guy again. One of all 30 the times years. of all the times for him when he needs therapy, when he's at this much the, his level of roid rage. Do you think seeing him then that really tips him? He's like, oh god, are you kidding? Why do they call him? That, oh, now they now he thinks they called him. Yeah, he thinks they called him. So now he's even more pissed off. He thinks the. <laughs> 
Oh, and here we're about to be introduced to a character, and you want to talk about a legacy of the Halloween films, (laughs) (laughs) but the legacy of one Ben Tramer. Man, (laughs) poor guy. And I know you uh, you are a huge champion of Halloween 2. I dig the shit out of Halloween 2. And Halloween 2, and I, I like the film. Ben like, Tramer. like the film, but Halloween 2 famously features the, 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 the demise of the one Ben, ben, ben Tramer. Tramer. God, violent demise, violent demise. Shot and hit with the car and exploded. Again, yeah. not the shape, but a, a shape. shape. Yeah. Oh, that's oh that could be the the uh, documentary could be the shape of the Tramers or the shape of Tramer. The shape of Tramer. <laughs> the shape of Tramer, but it's made to look like trauma. Ooh. Ooh, that's good, right? Now this transition from dusk to night, as a kid, that always genuinely unnerved me, because you don't get to see that subtle transition. That gold. And it's that immediately snap edit that just like now we're in another level of the film. Like again, Act Three. No, this is technically no. This is Act Two. This oh, yeah, is Act yeah, yeah. Two. We've seen some subtle shenanigans where he was just initially creeping, and then, you know, as you said, apparently the he's pissed. He's like, "Oh, damn kids!" Right? Well, they'll get theirs now. It's planning. Now he's geared up at this point, and now, yeah. And here's what I also enjoy: is this whole shot right here again? This little one shot establishes the geography for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. These these two mapping shot. Yeah. And then you really know where you are and whether it is first first person point of view or the little third person over the shoulder, it establishes so much. Mm -hmm. We get almost like, like this is John Carpenter saying, okay, here is everything. Here's soak it in. Like that. Look at that. That's beautiful. But when you add the music, when you add the music, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Then the kids in the background, trick or treat. Haddonfield is existing right now. Nothing Ill has yet happened exactly in Haddonfield. Evil has come to the town. They just don't know it yet. Right. Because he hasn't really... made his presence known. Well, yeah, the presence is there. The shape. Yeah. The shape of things to come. Well, speaking of another Paul Rudd connection there, and Neil Labute, who is uh, taught at KU, uh, we'll get local here. Uh, here we get the dilapidated Myers. Uh, and also, this is actually where we get a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. And this is ultimately where I think... <laughs> What I love with the film is all this exposition from, you know, Donald Pleasance. Like I said, it does add gravitas. It just makes it when he's talking about, you know, they may be right. The place is haunted. Well, from from Michael McDowell's Loomis to Donald Pleasance, because let's face it, this becomes kind of the he's he's channeling the Ahab. Yeah, exactly. It's, he's he's going after his Moby Dick. This is. His the white, white whale is the white Shatner mask, as it is. So maybe, well, maybe I wonder if you maybe he read. Oh, you know what? That'd be great if like he read Moby Mike, Shat. He he read you know Moby Dick to uh-huh. Michael Myers when he was a kid, and so that's why uh, he's he called sought out the that. Nautilus and like fucking. You know that you know what? That's uh, Halloween exists on multiple levels. There's multiple ways you can read it. There's a lot of narratives. Now this unfortunately establishes that Michael Myers eats skunk. No, that he. This is the dog. This is that actually, yeah, like Myers actually is, it will kill, you know, dogs, skunks, Whatever. everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gnarly. And it goes throughout the franchise. Uh, Max in part five, I think. Well, it also shows that he has to eat. You know, he's not. He... Well, evil has to subsist. Evil can't just subsist, subsist on pure on evil, evil. Right. He needs protein. Carbs somehow. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's got to have a balanced diet for proper shapery. He's got got to get into good shape. You see him? He's actually tracking his carbs thing on the side of the wall there. It's like it looks like primitive hieroglyphics. Like, nah, he's just carb tracking. <laughs> he's like, I've taken three hundred steps today. Three hundred and two. But here we get basically the recreation of the whole mythology. We've heard of the Myers house. We saw it firsthand, but now you get like, well, this is what happened. She was over here, and then also another. This to me is kind of a cheap jump scare. Because of just how that, of course, of course, it's a it's it a worked, horror movie. Because it was like, woo! It scares me every goddamn time. Uh-huh. You must think me I was very sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Chuckles. Oh, I do have a permit for these drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and here we get why he's scared, and also the eloquence of this whole thing, the eye in the existence of evil, and how we get this idea of he's not Michael Myers; he is a shape. Yeah, no reason, no conscious, no understanding. He's just evil. He's just, ugh. But this is at the point in the career where it's this is a nice subtle reading. Right now, if he tried to do this in part five, he, blank pale, <laughs> ah, emotionless face. This is like and he'd be I mean, like, young, hungry Loomis. This is <laughs> this is this is yeah. This is like young De Niro. But, but the funny thing about this is this is his own doctor. This is the one who spent fifteen years of his life, like you know, a child. And he goes. And his doctor saying, this kid is evil and fucked up. He needs to be put away and thrown away the key. If if your own, like, doctor that's supposed to, like, look out. Because what is it? The Hippocratic Oath? You know, thou shalt do no harm. He's willing to shoot you six times? We we never said Dr. Loomis was a good doctor. <laughs> we never Dr. said Kevorkian he was a... Yeah. Shit, man. Never said he was a sane or ethical right? doctor. You, you know, know, he doesn't work for St. Jude's, that's yeah. for sure. That children's hospital will be down. Turned out Dr. Wynn was like, you know, Dr. Loomis, you actually lost your medical license many years ago <laughs> through your interactions with young Michael Myers. <laughs> I applied six times. Right? <laughs> I appealed six times. <laughs> he works in the same children's hospital as Malin Ackerman. <laughs> and why we didn't need necessarily an explanation to why Michael Myers He's is as he is. He's just evil. His doctor wants to kill him. And he hates teens. Now, does he look like more of an astronaut or maybe someone from a, a Deep Stars, um, you know? Uh, like under the sea like sea lab 2020 i was gonna go for a dark star reference but i almost went deep star six <laughs> he looks more like buck rogers now on the back of that is dr j and rick barry i remember those spalding um advertisements on the back of my actual comic uh books there so that's legitimate but they would have probably had x-men there but that's why you get tarantula man and atomic man and ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call a rotary phone, mm-hmm. a phone that had a landline, yeah. as I believe some a kids call it. phone. Yes. Um, nowadays, you would just be on your cellular devices. See, the animals know. They sense evil. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I always, even in uh, a lot of other slasher films, another one that's a secret slasher, we've talked about it before, The Terminator. Mm-hmm. All about, you know, dogs could pick up on evil and those Terminators. I like this kid. Like Lindsay's awesome. Lindsay's pretty rad. Cause like, hey, can you help me? Nope. Watching a movie. It'd be a shame if she grew up to be a real housewife. I'm just saying. No, actually, legitimately, she's one of the real housewives of either Beverly Hills or Orange County, I believe. I want a vanilla twist. And that is (laughs) that is her sister. Yeah. What a weird carpenter staple. A carpenter connection. That's that's we found it. Someday we'll find it. (laughs) 
<laughs> the lovers, the dreamers, and me. <laughs> uh, he comes out with the fuzzy bear hat. <laughs> just do okay. Say waka waka waka. Waka waka waka. There's your, now we need a charge for this particular commentary now. That is a subtle, terrifying shot. If yeah, you don't is. see him yeah, initially, is. that is another, ladies and gentlemen, worst case imagery fucking for me. Yeah, of course he's like fucking the boogeyman's out there. Hell yeah, he is just standing all, out there. All of his 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 fears and con and everything has been confirmed. He legitimately he's like me. He's like he, shit. Lonnie's right. You know, <laughs> Lonnie was right. Lamenting fucking Lonnie there, <coughs> but brilliantly though. Now this is what I love is the fact that legitimately. She knows someone's been watching them, whether it is the old man. She knows something's a little. She's legitimately was spooked, right? Uh-huh. She talks about the fact she might get in with Ben Tramer. What I like about Lori is that humanizes her. Yeah. She's legitimately, she's like, oh, that'd be nice. Now, oh. here we get to some of my favorite cinematography with the whole demise of Annie. Mm-hmm. The build yeah. up to it, the build up to it. It's almost like a magic trick, like a magic trick that says, how do we make her disrobe? <laughs> Butter. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like absurd. Let's face it. Like, <laughs> you still don't give a fuck. That's me at a party, actually. Now we talked about gratuity. There was a little nudity at the beginning here. If you would have made this in '83, mm-hmm. she would have probably had been full frontal, right? Right, taking it all. Oh, oh, I've got butter on my bra, you it's, know, or something. Here, it's Carpenter keeps it pretty subtle for the most part. So Keeping the gratuity cl- is Carpenter. He, he does, man. He's that's why that's why he's. He's Carpenter. You know, that's why he's revered. That's why we love him. But ultimately, that's why the gratuity, I would say, in this film is the suspense and dread. Yeah. Like, it's just palpable, but oh. And the gratuity fact that, that like, a dog now, gets off. We've seen... <laughs> what did we see uh, recently that had some... Oh, the VHS 2, where we yeah. had the dog, where we said... It was like, oh, Where if the alien abductors messed with John Wick, again, the shape versus John Wick, if he takes Ooh. out John Wick's puppy... Oh, yeah. How many headshots does the shape take? <laughs> I, John Wick could easily obliterate Michael Myers' head. Now, in 1978, mm-hmm. did he think four years later the seeds I'm going to be able to like... I'm telling you, dude, this is his Pixar Easter egg. You know how they're always talking about Pixar will always put the plot or like the, a symbol of the next movie in the, in the new movies? That's what it is. He's got the next one further down the line. You know what? In the if you look in Vampire, somebody's reading about ghosts on Mars. You know, so <laughs> God help us. <laughs> but yeah, just four years later, he would remake the thing, which many argue another classic is not only his best film, but is like the best horror film of all time. And that's what. And was, I'll listen to that argument. And that's what's amazing with Carpenter is he is in that caliber that you can list some of Two his classics, films like. Boom, boom. As all-time greats. Mm-hmm. As all-time oh, yeah. greats. And, like, people will... Some people will not argue, which is... Yeah, that's... Um, so, <laughs> this is why also Lori rules. She starts, you know, trying to, you know, alleviate some of that fear of him. Probably like, for him and her. And her. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And that's smart, because you're, you're putting it out in the ethos. Mm-hmm. You know, not, like, I'm going to apply a rational thought, because ultimately she's resourceful. She is very rational. Yeah. She has her her faculties with her throughout this film. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes her a fantastic final girl. Yeah. And not fodder. Again, Nobody's fodder in this movie. No, not really. No, not at all. Yeah. Looks. <laughs> Except for the guy with... Um, 
Well, except for oh. like the, the 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 one with the tow truck driver with the jumpsuit and like basic well, fodder. Yeah, of but, course, of course. But the characters we actually seen, we care about. Yeah. Even Annie, I I hope she'll get back with Paul. You know, <laughs> poor Paul. The, he's you know again, <coughs> his he's got an entire other film that's going on since you know what did he like egg someone's house and got grounded? Yeah. <laughs> now okay, here we go. Here we go. Here where we get this is kind of like a master class of building suspense and just terrifying your audience and kind of subverting what you're expecting because we get a little bit of noise. Oh, worst case imagery, worst case imagery. So creepy. That is now her immediately, her immediately, her immediate turn means he immediately also moved because we see nothing there. What the fuck? And that built, no, that, yeah. And it's, they're lingering on that note, Mm -hmm. which just adds to, it's like, get away, get away. I know, move. Like, close the door, close the door. This film, the way they ring, just so much suspense and dread out of everything. And now you get the repetition. Dun, dun. It's <gasps> genuinely, and now she's locked in. And the best part is, of course, for her, she realized there's nothing going on. This is just, again, awkward shenanigans. shenanigans. But for us, the audience, we realize yep. this is a film that makes people want to scream at the screen, you know, mm-hmm. this is that film. Close the goddamn <laughs> door! Yeah. Lindsay, get off your ass. I, I do appreciate Lindsay Wallace's, yep. like, commitment to watching movies. And the fact, oh, look at that. That Just creeping behind. And I can't say worst case imagery, because again, I'll never see it. Right. And he's also given us kind of a precursor to his whole, like, ob- ob- observing. Uh-huh. But I'm glad, like, I don't have a place... Like, I have to go to the outhouse, you know? Where you have to expose yourself. Go somewhere else well, to Well, I mean, she's somewhere. exposed quite literally, mm-hmm. being in her skivvies. And then when you're putting this scenario here, and again, now she's stuck. So you're like, what is happening? When is he going to strike? When is he going to... When is the shape stalking? Yeah. And that's what he's doing, though. He's stalking. He's just creeping. So is and it's <laughs> Paul. It is Paul. Washing her clothes. Well, ultimately, does this make him more sadistic? Because... I, he's fucking with him. Yeah. You know, as as, 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 as as rage ridden as you say he is, ultimately right here he's tr- he's really showing that, he, like you said, he's got the the cropsy patience mm-hmm. where he's kind of because he could have Kool Aid manned it when raw and like fucked them all up. Where is he right now? You know, apparently he's just off screen waiting for like. And again, why not pounce now? Right while she's stuck in the doorway. Uh, this is because part- if this was like Chrome Skull. Yeah. You know? oh, if oh God help us now, someone in that particular position as we are, that'd be the most god awful gnarly kill that you'd probably have to right. run away from. Right. But here, no, he lets her continue to go. I think oh shenanigans. And I think Michael Myers is kind of like the uh, Carpenter's um, um, uh, avatar, if you will, mm-hmm. just ringing dread out of every scene. Like there's been so much build up here. But it's not even for Annie because Annie doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. No, it's for us. us. Yeah. And here, like I said, you establish so much. We know exactly what's going on at this point. To the Sponsored point. by Jolly Time Popcorn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Thanks, Lin- Lindsay. Lindsay, don't mess around. You mess uh-huh. around with my, you know, my cinema time. <laughs> I like me some Howard Hawks. I'm trying to watch the thing. And here we go. We have get now almost a little magic trick. And a stinger, a simple mm-hmm. stinger. Again, close the goddamn door. You don't need to. Not in Haddonfield. You don't need to in Haddonfield. Nope. That's the. 
and just disappears. Abracadabra. He's ringing. Michael, the shape, and John Carpenter are ringing so much dread out of this <laughs> scene. I... I don't know. Do you is this? Do you have to be patient for this scare? Do you think again? Is, is this I the think point you have where, to be patient for this movie? Is I this think, the point where a modern audience are like, kill her already? Maybe I think about bloodthirsty or even like, you know if what? you're ready. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's hard for me to people think that they don't like this movie. It's kind of boggles my imagination. And I and listen. If you if you if you think Rob Zombie's Halloween is the best Halloween, that's your Halloween. You are right. Cool. You are absolutely right. I challenge you. Hopefully, you can watch this one. If you don't dig it, that's cool. No mm-hmm. worries. No worries. This is my Halloween. Just because this it, is yeah, but this is a masterclass on building tension. Oh my and god! Scares the entirety of this, and then the fact that we take the time for them to go get uh, little Lindsay and Tommy together now. Mm-hmm. You know, take the burden off Annie, and we still have kids running around again. Nothing sinister has happened no. at this point. No, and nobody is the wiser except for Us. um. And Lori. And now this is a little jump scare that I was watching this film one time in the background with my dad and I yelped. And I think he kind of frowned upon me like, oh, my God, (laughs) what kind of son do I have? My God. And it was when I was living up in Stillwell, Kansas. I remember it plain as day. I was in our living room bright as all get out like in the middle of the day and i had it on watching the background and he was i think probably like reading a golf magazine or something manly and i'm watching halloween for the hundredth time and i'm (laughs) oh so bad it's so bad (laughs) (laughs) and here you get Lori being again the baddest awesomest just most wonderful babysitter on the planet doing jack-o'-lanterns i spilled butter all over my clothes and they're in the wash, and I got stuck in the laundry room. But you do have... That sounds like a story I would tell. You know, like, man, let me tell you what happened to me. You know? <laughs> and then somehow the butter would have, like, sunk into your skin, and it would have been, like, you know, real butter. So you would have been, been like, ah! And I would have slipped, but slid somewhere. Yeah. Those would have been those... Ooh. Dangling the Ben Tramer thread in front of Lori. And as we know, Sado... Well, you know, technically, depending on the... The timeline, timeline, they didn't ab- they did not address the Tramer family uh-uh. in the new Halloween. Did you notice that? Right. So they got a sequel be. coming out. Do they dare <laughs> address oh, the Tramer? Tramer. <laughs> Bring in the Tramer family. One of the oh, victims happens to be. The I wonder if that was one of the. Uh, they mentioned she had a few failed marriages. I wonder if Ben Tramer was one of them. Maybe. Like you know, he was like the marriage immediately following. Yeah. This. Now the question arises. What does Michael, what does the shape have to do? Because we've got an entirely fogless window right there. Mm-hmm. And again, how much are just terror and dread? We are just winging every ounce out of poor Annie here. Yeah. We know like, she's going to die. Like we have spent so much. And look at these little establishments that's going all the way. Like that reminds me of like fall. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. The, almost at, every look scene in this movie looks, looks, looks like Halloween. That you, you, you could put that on a stamp. Mm-hmm. You know that it's just Franklin Mint. Oh, absolutely! Like, like images I said, of Halloween on fine uh, pewter portraits. C and C, man. There's just so oh, much. Oh, Paul! I can. <laughs> Paul has to be something for her to be singing. Sing about... a song about him and shit. <laughs> I sing a song when I'm about to make a sandwich, but I, I don't know if I've sang a song about a person. You know, don't call it a hero, call it a hero. <laughs> Oh, Paul. Now, what did he have to do 
in order to establish that much of fog. Well, I guess he is a heavy breather. Not much, dude. I mean, I put it, me in a car what? and I'll probably fog up a window just sitting. That's <sighs> that's true. <sighs> they did establish from here. <sighs> Chekhov's heavy breathing. There we go. Now, for the longest time, and I, I actually, based on the fog of the window, I didn't realize she got her throat slit. For the longest time, I thought she was just choked out. It wasn't until a few years ago, I was watching some retrospective or whatever, and they pointed it out that right there, I just, for the longest time, thought it was a strangle. Me too. R- really? Yeah. Is that your first time knowing that she just got cut? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. So this is kind of, okay. I never noticed that. I thought I thought it was a strangle, and then that that one was one final was one final like you know exactly yeah i didn't know that was a slice Did you that see would that? make sense why when they she's got with the judith myers tombstone while it's bloody yep well hot and that's diggity and notice damn he did that little real quick little you know i thought now, that was one final like here is i imagine the birth of one genius maybe key because tommy here decides to get a little uh, um, you know rambunctious Lindsay. when he starts messing he gets the ultimate comeuppance but you talk about timing and again Worst case imagery, if I ever look out a window and I see this, I'm going to lose my mind. It is going to be like the worst case scenario. But this is what you get. This is why I never mess with people, man. <laughs> this is, oh, man, I get my comeuppance, too, when I mix people oh, like this that. is, again, look at just the composition here. And just... Oh. And the odd me, sci-fi music. Yeah, the, yes, that's the thing. JC borrowing from the thing. Although I say the shape does a nice little haya. Yeah, he does. Boom. <laughs> He's pretty handy, the shape. And the first of many probably genuine girl screams that I have, you know, produced for this film many times over. Now, mentioned before, this was probably one of the largest grossing independent films of its time before I believe the Blair Witch unearthed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Halloween has a nice special connection here in Kansas City yeah, because it was one of the places it initially premiered up Mm -hmm. on the big screen over at where technically the Alamo Alamo is. Man, to be be in that audience. What's great is there's that um, go to YouTube, there's like a two minute, 30 minute clip of someone had recorded from original 1978 screening of Probably pretty much act three. Yeah. And losing their shit. I teared up the first time I heard it because I'm imagining that legitimate. I mean, that's genuine reaction. That's people reacting for the first time. Now, Dr. Loomis doesn't smile much during this franchise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to become a cantankerous old Loomis, too. (laughs) There aren't too many things that I enjoy as much as this little bit here that has found, I guess, life in the Internet. But Loomis mucking around with Loomy here with Lonnie, and now ha- <laughs> chicken shit, Lonnie. But imagine if you're a kid and you hear this: "Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there!" <laughs> do 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 do. But then that's the now look at that smile. Look smirk. at that smile. <laughs> and he immediately gets his comeuppance as well. If you notice, <laughs> so, he's getting me six times. If this movie has a message, it's ultimately be careful on who you scare. Who you scare. But I imagine this is one of those instances if like Christopher Lee had got the part where it's, yeah, do it, yeah. Get your ass away from that Lonnie. Lonnie. 
<laughs> so many missed Sodom opportunities. <laughs> hey, we, I watched him for 15 years. How many years, Dr. Loomis, you didn't mention it the last time we had this talk? All I want to do is scare children. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why actually he got disbarred. Oh, do you think scare yeah. therapy? And he actually created Michael Myers. He traumatized Michael Myers even more for 15 years. That's why he wants to kill. Wow. <laughs> you know, as many times as I've watched this film, this is probably having this conversation is the first time I've brought this kind of narrative to the film. So I, my apologies if this is ruining it, ruining it for anyone. But, you, you know, well, Michael Myers, the shape you go to any horror um, convention, go to Crypticon, which is coming up here July There'll be 13th, dozens of Michael Myers, 12th to the 14th. There's going to be so many yeah. Michael Myers, the shapes. This is a film that spawned a franchise, a horror icon. Michael Myers is on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, absolutely. Of all-time greats. You know, he's one of our universal monsters. Um, as much as this film terrified me, there's a reason I still watch it every year, you know, like clockwork. It's uh, it's just, it's, 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 it is what it is. Oh, Bob. Now, if, yeah, from Paul to Bob. Okay, Bob is a creep. Have you ever actually kind of looked at when he talks about taking all the clothes off, who he includes tearing their clothes off? Uh-uh. Wait for it. Wait for it. I'm gonna. He's going to rip your claws. Now, Lindsay. Creep. Thank you. Right? Totally. <laughs> Do you have to go house to house when you move to a new move, new neighborhood? That's totally. Totally. Bob's a creep. So yeah. Bob, I'm not going to say, you know, you know, deserves what he got, but, you know, maybe my, <laughs> maybe the shape did, a, you know, a service. <laughs> he's going door to door. Linda's complacent. Terrible. Actually, do you think maybe it's a he's a Chris Hansen, like a Dateline mole? Like the really bad, pr the predators. The reverse they, honeypot. He's like checking up on their babysitting skills. Chris Hansen comes out. Making sure. When'd you have a seat? <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. Now, this would be kind of maybe your first sign indicator that, oh, okay, technically, I guess the, the power still is on. Yeah. But here we get the introduction of the kids, the, the fooling around, because at this point, everything's been pretty chaste. Uh, mm -hmm. We do, of course, have a, the first official kill. But now we get, again, the shape being more of a voyeur. And what I love with this little bit of the backtrack, again, with the music and everything, the introduction, <sighs> yes. So much of this film built around just the innocence of these teens going what they should be a typical Halloween well, night. Well, Michael Myers is creeping on him. He is. He's the ultimate. He just relishes. I, she's got a little like. Halloween spirit. That's so cool. She's got. That's she's like, so let's cool. go have some fun. That is so cool. Laurie Strode is the greatest man. Mm -hmm. Like we should have all been lucky to have a babysitter like her, to have someone like a Laurie Strode in your strive to find a Strode in your life. Strive for the Strode. Strive for the Strode. There you go. A little check. You know what? She's smart still. I'm gonna double check. But hey, there's my buddy's van. Oh Looks boy, like everything's cool. Everyone's everybody's having a good having, time. Everybody's having a good time. Everything is normal in the town of Haddonfield. This is just a normal Halloween night, man. I'm making some bucks. I'm going to have to do some homework later. I'm going to have a great life college. You know what, genius? She's going to maybe talk to Ben Tramer tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm going to finish out. I'm. You know what? I kind of dig these kids. Like Halloween's her oyster. It is. It is. She's doing everything right. And it's just one phone call with then. <laughs> oh, 
the fact that also we've established everyone kind of checking in. We've, Seeing what's up. We've got the gum chewing before, so that's been established. Mm-hmm. There's so many good things that they establish in the first like 40 minutes of this film where you not only care about the characters, but all the things that come into play later in the film, they just pay off nicely. Yeah. And to think that Carpenter did this for like 300,000, 320,000, and it's the reason why he got to put, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween was he got creative control of everything. You know, that's why, you know, he wrote it, composed it, directed it. You know, and apparently everyone on the set, they all tipped in, like everyone was doing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just that true collaborative effort that you get in independent cinema. Yeah. And the fruits are on the screen, man. Like, this is a film that does not look like $300,000. No. And for it to withstand the test of time and to be emulated and to, I mean, to the point of just like a lot of movies owe a lot of mo- things to this movie. Based, talk about the shape, based on where uh, Bob is right now, do you think that when uh, the the alien that is Tommy Wiseau beamed down, this is the first film he saw when he was making the room? Because tell me, that is not some Tommy Wiseau esque. Oh hi, Michael. <laughs> oh hi, Bob. How's your love life? <laughs> totally. It's 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 is that not pretty accurate? Or is actually Wiseau's probably a little bit higher? But you know, Bob... Wiseau's way higher. At least he's in the general vicinity. You know, Bob can play can blame being on being in high school. You know, with Wiseau, it's because. He's, so would this be considered gratuity? No, not at all. Not at all. Because everyone's still covered. Right. Again, and this you get this film a few years later, you know, you're gonna have bare ass, you're gonna mm-hmm. have, you're going to have a different bumping theme. and grinding and all sorts of shit going on. But then you see the shadow again creep. The shadow of the shake. And he doesn't care. Mm-mm. I think he But the fact that first of all, they don't notice that there's somebody else's in that room. You know what I'm saying? I notice if a window's open, you know, or like even in the not to get too gross or anything, but you know they're in the throes of coitus, know, teen passion. Yeah, yeah, coitus. Now this isn't, yeah, not necessarily gratuitous, but here we get the nudity, um, which comes even more, uh, you know, apparent. But also the fact that I really love Linda's character that she's, you know, what her whole thing. <laughs> But yeah. also, I recently rewatched uh, Rock and Roll High School. Go get me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I rewatched uh, Rock and Roll High School and the charm of PJ Souls. Mm-hmm. She's her, delightful in that movie. Her run in the like late 70s and early 80s, like all the way up to Stripes. So I'm always glad when she shows up in a lot of the like genre films, mm-hmm. uh, even if, you know, Rob Zombie like will kill her, you know, terrorize her or what have you. She's um, PJ Souls. She had just a great run in those yeah. those flicks and they make they elevate the movies. Um, so it's great that, you know, she got a chance to kind of work with John Carpenter here. I always like this kill. And this is another master class, a little redirection and how everything is lit. This is uh, the, the, the blue lighting there. Yeah. Per- perfectly mimicking the darkness Dean Cundy, you know, he's, you know, okay, everyone knows his work with John Carpenter, mm-hmm. like all the way up to, I think, Big Trouble in Little China is the last one they did together. Mm-hmm. Do you, okay, are you familiar, do you know, Do you, can you name me some other films that you know he worked on? Not off the top of my head, except for the Carpenter connection. Back to the Future. Okay. Jurassic Park. Oh. He, oh. he did Jurassic Park. Um. Let's see here. Let's, uh, there's, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Boom. The Stinger. And we establish Michael, the shape as an artist. Mm-hmm. 
He's pretty strong too. Well, yeah. Well, this is where he belies. He's been a human all up to this point, but ultimately there are some human beings out there that can still do this. Now, Mm -hmm. let's talk about strength. This is again. Had it been made in the eighties, this would have been super gratuitous. Super gratuitous here, and he would have said something like "stick around" or something like that. (laughs) Well, you can also argue the Predator as a pseudo slasher film as well. Actually, the little the, the, the head, the head that has been homaged, you know, referenced to so often in horror films. But does it give the shape more personality? Absolutely, it makes him a little bit inquisitive. It just makes him more inquisitive. Now the question like... is: the question is, how does he get? Does, is that inquisitivity which brings him to shenanigans? Because shenanigans. Well, he probably. You know what? I think when he did the head tilt, I think he was like. You think Man, was I didn't think the, that was gonna work, you know, where he stuck, uh, like you know, stuck just one. Wow, that's but how good. do you go from that to shenanigans to, to, to a Charlie Brown esque, you know, costume? I gotta rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. Now this is a little bit gratuitous. This is something you didn't necessarily have to have. See anything like, like another little <laughs> iconic light, but then it doesn't really linger on it. So I have that written on, my, on your uh, Halloween, Halloween poster. poster. Good job, Creepazoid. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good line. It is. But the silence of the shape, actually, this is where, you know, with him being a total nonverbal character, Nick Castle does a great job Mm -hmm. as the shape in this film. Uh, we, I think we used his bumper a few weeks ago, so that probably won't be there. But actually having the chance to say, like, your performance still scares me to this day. Like, that just, that imagery, the base, Haunts me to haunts me to my in my dreams, man. But the patience. It's so creepy. Yeah, just because he could have been like raw, and he actually kind of stumbles, which begs the question: Do you think uh, Bob has his, pres- his same prescription? Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit! Do you, actually, if it actually his reveal actually is him stepping on the sheet, and then that's when it comes off. Yeah. Instead of pulling off, just like through the thing. Now again, here we have established, but he sees pretty good through the mask. Through the sheet and through the glasses, there's a lot of obstacles for his vision. And the fact that she thinks it's just like a random sex prank call, I mean, I guess it is the 70s. I mean, like, you know, I'm talking about Lamore. I guarantee there was a key party going on somewhere in somewhere Haddonfield on that night. Everybody's somewhere. dressed up like slutty, but like 70s slutty. It's like, like in Tales of Halloween, is your mom still going to be the cat? And then again, the kids go to the party. And I guarantee the person that she ran up to and was knocking on their house, the reason they turned off the lights was there was an orgy going on and she didn't say the magic word, the password. Orgy. It's a Halloween shunting. <laughs> <laughs> But now you get that ultimate connection now between the shape and Lori. Uh, where do you feel on the whole retconning of the relationship between Lori and the shape, Michael? I'm fine with it. I mean, like, once again, it takes away. Because, again, you you love part two. I do. I do. And here's, that establishes that relationship. The whole relationship. But here's the thing. I like the whole Halloween aspect because Halloween, the franchise as a whole, is kind of like the shape. You can put your own projections upon it, whether you like to believe that they're connected via happenstance or because of blood. Whether the cult of thorns really existed or whether it didn't. Whether Rob Zombies is canon or not. You know, there's all these different timelines, and I like that aspect about it. It's kind of like Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. You multiple ways you can watch the franchise there's no wrong way to watch a halloween it's like eating a snickers bar mm-hmm. 
A Reese's. A Reese's. There we go. Unless you, of course, have the. It's uh, good. <laughs> you know, that kid watches everything really weird. <laughs> right in the middle. Just <laughs> loves part five. <laughs> and hey, and if you love like part five, has one of my favorite sequences with the uh, the little dumb waiter. The dumb waiter. Yeah. Nice little cut there between the realization of seeing, like, now, verification. He is truly And he here. had that smile, too, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to fuck, sh- I'm gonna fuck shit up tonight. Six times. <laughs> but now he does have a little sp- and a little kick in his step. Now that other people are aware that he is immediately, that even makes me even more scared. Because I see Loomis losing his shit. Because mm-hmm. he's established pretty cool. But he also is saying, like, well, you look scared. I am. I am yeah, scared. I am scared evil and here we get which is basically the third act on where we're going to get her initial interaction with the shape and again look at all establishing all of these shots that come back into play not Mm -hmm. 15 minutes from now and i'll say this stairwell right there that's my intro to halloween we'll get to it yeah that particular we're establishing niddle we're we're knit the knitting needles the knitting needles right now that is her her ammo Whereas, like, oh, this is the, this is so good. This is yeah, so is. good how it's establishing everything, and it all comes back. Checkoffs everything. It yeah, it is the checkoffs checklist. Ooh, but they're taking their time doing it, mm-hmm. and I know that's why some people probably it loses some of them. And I would also argue that's why I know some people didn't like Mandy as much because it is indulgent. But what I like what they've established here is this isn't Lori's character. She's rational. She's re- right. reserved. But she realizes there's something amiss. Something's not quite right. I, something I saw earlier today. Yeah. You know what? And for all intents and purposes, she's, she's correct. She doesn't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on except it, us. It didn't happen in Haddonfield, but what, you know, 20 some odd years ago, 15 years ago? Uh, it will never happen again. Mm-hmm. Not in Haddonfield. No, nothing bad happens in Haddonfield. And actually, the, the nice little contrast, the little lights on the corner there beam you up. It gives it a creep factor. But it yet, does. But it, yet, on the north, if you put Christmas music behind it, beautiful it would and be joyous. like joyous and happy. But like there was a test, uh, test audience that saw this without the original music. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I think it was a producer that saw it without the music, and they said this film is not scary; it is boring. They threw in the music. They're like, "This is one of the most truly terrifying films I've ever seen." The power of music. It becomes a character. It is a character. It is this film, and it's through the repetition. But it's like the terrifying repetition. There's. It's minimalistic, simplistic, and it gets to the heart of the fear. It, oh, it. There's a reason why I enjoy listening to this music. There's a reason why I have to turn it off sometimes. I have to be in a mood. Yeah. Uh, this is a film I can watch at any time, but to casually have it on, I have to be ready because, like you said, there's the stingers, there's the certain cues that elicit such memories. And I love how, can't get in, so we're going to go all the way around. We're taking our time mm-hmm. establishing everything that we're coming. Uh, and she's not freaking out yet. Like, I, 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 I apologize. I realize I'm repeating myself, but watching it like this and just looking at it's everything, how everything works. No, it's so good. And it's scary because like we've all like something is not quite right. And we've walked around in the dark looking around the house or something and like shit's not settling. And it's that it's a terrifying feeling. And I should say at this point, this is probably a better time to talk, talk, talk the anecdote here. But there are certain, like I said, this film induces those worst case scenario images. Yeah. So a lo- many, many, many moons ago, um, and I'm probably all of 
11 or 12, maybe early teen at best. Uh, but I'm out in a rural area with a, a friend of mine at his sister's house. <laughs> and it was two of my friends. I'm going to I'm going to make sure they're na- they're not going to be named because this parties is remain the, innocent. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very rural area, so kind of the houses are spaced out. And yeah. throughout the evening, we had just been walking around, telling stories, having fun, being noisy, right? So at the end of the night, we're in his sister's yard, and we're in a tent. And we're still being loud and everything, blah, 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 right? So I ultimately end up saying like a bad joke, look at the lighting. Look how everything is just accented just perfectly. So you know something sinister could happen. Something sinister. And it sinister. makes you look at every, where Nothing is cranny. he going to where is he coming where's the from? Shape? Yeah, where's the shape? It's like, where's Waldo of horror? Well, imagine being thrown out of a tent and you look down at the end of the yard. What's the worst case imagery you could imagine? Oh, out in the tent? Yeah. Out, out in the yard? Down, you're just looking at that down at the Fucking end. Fucking any, uh, the Michael, the shape. Exactly, Fucking, right? The yeah. shape with a, with, a, with a knife. Well, I look down at the end of her, her, her yard and sure as shit, there's a shape with something in his hand. And he just starts slowly walking towards me and didn't say a word. I could, could barely kind of see him out. Now, what do you, you know, fight or flight kicks in. Uh-huh. What do you think I did? Oh, I know what you did. You fucking tail, tail and run. I bet, I bet you turned into fucking Scooby-Doo where you floated up in midair and your legs turned into spinning wheels and just. I distinctly remember saying, holy shit. And I tore ass and I ran inside the house. You didn't warn them or nothing? Like, they're in there in the tent, like, having a good time? Fucking. I, and what's horrible is I, and had they gotten out of the house, they wouldn't have gotten in. Because the minute I got inside, I locked the door. That's that's up to injury, dude. And that's your see you in hell slam. And that's exactly the kind of area we were in where you would leave your doors unlocked. And so I'm in the corner of. So there's no keys anywhere. There's no keys. No, it's a little lunch. So I I put myself in the corner of this little stairwell where I can still see. Now she's got like a, a porch. Sure enough, I see the shadow through the windows of this same guy walking. Through the windows. That's in the back of my mind. That, that little stinger is in the back stinger. of my mind. <laughs> and he gets to the door and he starts banging on it going, let me in. Let me in. And I'm losing my shit because that stinger is in my mind. I'm imagining everything like Lori's going through right Dun. now. I'm thinking Dun. at this point, he's killed my friends. Right. Her sister, his sister, my friend's sister comes down. She's like, what the hell's going on down here? Opens the door and I'm like. I probably let and out that scare. <laughs> I have no doubt I let out that Lori, you know, scream queen scream. Or that one there. Oh, that's perfect timing. I'm just picturing it right now. <laughs> like dead foot. I probably urinated like because here she's letting him in. She's letting the shape in. You're not supposed to you do that. You don't let the shape in. Ill shit happens. So turn it off, of course, it was her next door neighbor that was coming out to see what the noise was. He had a bottle of beer in his hand. It was not a knife. And I slept inside the rest of the night, of course. Oh, so the reveal. Yeah. The reveal. We talked over the reveal. That is why you hired Dean Cundy. That is an iconic imagery. Now this. First time. I know. I don't recall the first time I watched this movie from from front to back. Mm -hmm. The first time I was exposed to this film, I was at my aunt's house. My mom and dad and aunt and uncle were watching this in their living room. I was in my cousin's room at the time. I wasn't supposed to come in and watch it because it's a bad, scary movie. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I start roaming the house. I happen to roam by the living room when she falls over and you get that don't, don't, don't. 
And it was my moment, I think, as a horror fan or that horror origin moment, you know, Mm -hmm. where I was scared, but I was drawn to it. Right. You want to see what it is. I didn't have that reaction where I ran away from it. I was scared, but I was still in and I was drawn in. And at that point, I watched from here until the end. And but I was like hiding behind couches so they couldn't see. I'm pretty sure they saw me. Mm -hmm. But I was hiding behind because I didn't want to be seen because I had to see what happened. And. It, this has been a film that has terrified me ever since that day. And I was probably all of anywhere from four to six easily. Yeah. So I saw this at too young of an age. But from here on out, all I see is this and the music and the just how genuinely terrified, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis portrays Laurie Strode at this point. We were both probably about the same age when we saw this movie for too the young. first time. Too but young. Do you think this could be classified as like gateway. gateway horror? I mean, because the gore is very, very minimum. The, there is only... She didn't say the password. Oh, She gee. doesn't get into the no, orgy. No, no, no. What happened is somebody recognized you're like, shit, that's the babysitter. She's that's a high the, school student. No, 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 no. Close the door. Close the door. She can't come in, you know? That's the Strode girl. Oh, yeah, God. that's the Strode girl. Close the door. Close the door. You know? Don't let her in! (laughs) And we're only laughing now because usually at this point when I'm watching this film in a theater with people between the music and then her, how terrified she is. Oh my God. And here we get just slowly coming that way. Just being, just like you said, just drawing the tension. Just because you see him coming and he's not like chasing after you. He's coming and there's nothing you can do. Just, he's a heavy breather. Do you, th- uh, do you think he's a- <laughs> That's why he's coming slow because he can't walk. If I was a killer, I'd be his same timbre too. Just like. <sighs> you think he was a big smoker, you know, because he's got a slim build, you know, it doesn't belie it's someone been, that would have. I mean, 30 years in the joint, probably like he's got cartons of smokes, you know. Do you think he's playing people like chess or something for smokes? Yeah. Now, the way she breaks everything down here, you talk about survival 101. You know, there's a reason Lori Strode is able to survive because she is, she's thinking like a chess master at this point. She's trying to, you know, establish everything. Like Let's get call. Get the kids safe. Figure fortify out everything. everything. Mm-hmm. And when she her little oh no, and then the music, the fact that he's, the siege has happened. He could be in already at this point. In fact, he probably is in already. She cowers a little bit, but we've already established she's got needles. Mm-hmm. We see that right there. And then this little bit when we get. She's armaments. Yeah. Well, she she's very reliable, which Stick. obviously. Yeah. Which is establishes one of the tropes of a final girl. But also here we get the vulnerable Michael, the vulnerable shape, mm-hmm. the shape that can be stuck. Yeah. And he's all, still human. Even though he's pure evil, he's still the Maya's kid. But also that we're one of our first few slasher films. We're establishing these rules. You know, everyone's like, stab him again, stab him again. Here in the world of Haddonfield, you have to remember, Lori was just exposed to the death of her friends. As rational as she's being, as much as a survivor yeah. she is, her initial instinct isn't to kill. No, it's to she's survive. Still, yeah, she's still a young teenage girl. She's thrown into horrific shit, you know? Like... Us now? Okay, stab, 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 double tap. But Well, even her instinct kicked in. But mm-hmm. once her rational self takes over, she's like, you know I what? I can't go I'm around not a, stabbing people. I'm, I'm not, not a, a killer. Murderer. She's still a good kid. Loomis looming around. Check a treat. So that's do you think do you think no no i guess he has his game face on at this point do you think if kids were running by he still had to bite bite the urge to mess with them no watch out the boogeyman's out and also we get he's right over there now i saw him 
I found the car. He's here. He's he's claiming Lonnie's Michael Myers. Get him now. Get him. Lonnie. I mean, Michael. Oh, Loomis. That, that's the backstory we need, actually. How did Loomis lose his license? <laughs> this is a story you might be interested in. It's a six-parter. <laughs> but actually, you have the calm of outdoor in this for every other house for anyone that's walking outside of that house the, the next thing you know but inside meanwhile it's, terror. it's yeah. terror and that's the beauty of this film that's again why i remember seeing it as a kid it freaked me out i lived in the suburbs this shot coming up here if you saw it on tv initially you never saw the shape coming up the stairs because in when it was like pan and scan you miss the right inch here oh, that little shot there you can't kill the boogeyman mm-mm Check out the uh, kill the documentary Justin Beams. You See, can't kill he's the right man. there. Yep. Don. 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 So simple, but so tri- so terrifying. That's Th- good, like uh, chase music. And what she did there, opening, she, she's trickery. She's wonderful. The, the, the but I saw the okay. So again, I watched this film once a year, easily. Always, mm-hmm. and of course, you always, always during the month of October. Oh, yeah. But there was a screening probably a few years ago at Tapcade. That during this scene, and I don't know maybe where it was where I was sitting, but my mood, I hadn't been as terrified during this scene when Lori is balled up in the corner and she's doing everything she physically can to distance herself from the shape to like almost like mold herself into the corner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough can be said about, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance in this film. It's pure terror. How good it is. But also how resourceful she is. Now, yeah. they, now, what if she had lived in Joan Crawford's house? What if they had been in There'd like... There'd been no more wire hangers. So, like, she have to use one of those wooden ones and just kind of bludgeon him. Or one of those, like, fucking... Wouldn't have been as effective. Some Swedish hook thing that has, like, multi-levels or... Mommy Dearest wouldn't have led to the demise of Michael Myers. That's a shame. <laughs> and she's still even trying to hold it in at this point. Yeah. And here we get actually the heavy breathing on top of the music with just this. And this is bursting in. And this is where we really get a good shot of him because for the now it's been in the shadows and like lighting. But this is like full like lighted in your face. And I think that you don't see his eyes still that even in the full. Makes it more scary. The devil's eyes. Mm hmm. Black like a doll's. Now you talked about the double tap. She's got the one. She goes for kind of a, a, a kill shot for the most part. I think this is one that um, oh, yep, what's his at bucket this point. from Gangs of New York? Oh, Bill the Butcher. Yeah, he would say kill, 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 wound. The five boroughs like a fist. <laughs> Haddonfield, it's like a fist. I take your trick or treat candy. You take these salt cul-de-sacs, <laughs> fold them together. <laughs> this is actually another. If you had a jack o' lantern, <sighs> and I had a jack o' lantern. This yeah is such a wonderful, scary shot i was like the undertaker owes his whole shtick to michael myers (laughs) and also this is another um shot that was you know talk about another films that scream allegiance to yeah Mm -hmm. is in scream 2 when they're trying to get over the cop uh, uh, ghost face in the cop car but even just going around him that's so scary but he appears for all intents and purposes you know incapacitated Mm -hmm. and for her purposes of course he is gotta check on the children well, she's too, she's going to get her money, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. Other. World's best babysitter. I don't get paid if the kids don't make it through the night. <laughs> exactly. 
Turns out actually Lori doesn't have good morals. She just is all about you all know, about the, that green. That's right. Yep. So the way she's going to get into a good college is by saving, being practical. Actually, dude, this is what she'll be able to put like as her resume for college or the the entrance letter. Survival guide. Yeah. Now this is the clip they showed from the 1978 audience of The Shape Rising, and this is another. Wait for it. And then the turn. And then the and then the kids actually getting to do everything we wanted to like Loomis of course is attracted oh kids crying ha 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 sustenance <laughs> <laughs> he needed a boost before he fought right? the shape <laughs> dude it's like his little magical star when he goes oh, in no tears he's wiping them on with his thumb and licks them <laughs> yeah, licks his thumb ah, I'm now on god mode <laughs> but the, here we get the steady build up and why everyone in the theater at this point is losing their like, shit turn around it's classic and we get another really good shot of uh-huh. the shape and here now when you see him for the first time without the mask I didn't realize it was because of the shot to the eye with the wire hangers why he looks initially kind of All goofy yeah but technically he does have a normal mm-hmm. visage right here and why he also looks a little bit of a little mouth breather uh. now one wait for it wait for it we've got one shot one shot. I'm going to count these, actually. Two, three, four, five, six. There he is. Okay, we got yep. all six. Six times. And he, as he... Now, for all intents and purposes... He's he's dead. He has to be dead. He he's been shot, shot six, six times. times. <laughs> but what I love here is we get, re, we get confirmation validation... That was the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Everything we've talked about from this urban legend. It was true. It's Of course it's true. And how did, of all As places. As a matter of fact, it was. And it happened in Haddonfield. Of all places, Haddonfield. It happened again. Haddonfield is cursed. What? There are so many ways that we can go with the Halloween franchise. So many ways they went with the Halloween franchise. So many different ways we can talk about the Halloween franchise. And also establishing that, oh God, why? And gone with the music. And then and his that just, thing they went with. His just shock. His indignation. Like I failed him as a doctor. I lost my license and now. I lost a patient. And Lori traumatized for life, which we experience in part two as a follow-up. Please go check that out. And we then also the remake. Ex- which was announced that we're getting a sequel to that. Uh-huh. I, I was good with the way it ended. I'm down. I think if they make another good movie, I like I said, I like part two of the OG ones. I might like part two of the new remake. I like Halloween Zombies Halloween 2. Actually, that's gaining some some footing there. It's just a weird, weird Halloween entry in the franchise. But establishing, again, going to the geography and of everything. Then, again, I like the way they showed these different things. That, like, everything where the fuck been. is Michael? Like, you know, he could be anywhere now. You see him in the background of some of the shots with his son. Or he's like, ah, like tragedy girls. This is a... That's, go please watch the movie Tragedy Girls. It will totally reshape pun the shape, yeah. how he reacted to when he was moving away. Because when he when you see he's gone, it's horrifying. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he's out. He's out. He's, he can be anywhere. This theater, when we go and see Child's Play later tonight, genius, he could be out there. Yeah. When we go up after we record this commentary track. He could be out there. When I look out that window, I'm... Praying to God, Mount Baldy just doesn't happen to be pulled up, and maybe maybe you guys coordinated. I don't right. know, right? No, but even that, even then, like, and here we also the... we should note he is noted as the, the shape. shape 
in mm-hmm. the credits, which is one of those cool little just details that makes this film the reason we're talking about it 40 years later. The reason it talked about the, the one, the 2018 Into the Mouth of March Madness, the reason we this isn't quite fellatio level waxing the car of James Karen uh, Return of the Living Dead. But it is such a wonderful movie that it warrants the discussion and it is deserving of all the praise that it gets upon. Every single person, the Panaglide person, every single person that worked on this film, again, you know, thanks to Jill and the people we talked to, the collaborative effort that goes on into making a film that, you know, a film existing is a miracle in and of itself, that this film was created at a low budget that... And it has bad asses it is and withstand the text tests of time Uh, unreal and again a film that you love i love we until i die i can safely say i will watch this film once a year yeah once a year yeah easily until i am dead i will always have a place for the original and again whether we're watching it on the big screen at home probably watch it when it's halloween time again and you know what eventually we'll have to do a little uh, quality control and see how this commentary sounds you know maybe we'll do it uh this year in august uh or in october when we'll no doubt host a screening of it um, no, this is a film that's near and dear. So thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Watch it with us. Carpenter uh, Classic. Watch it six times. <laughs> exactly. Um, so as our Summer of Slasher series will continue, and we're actually next week, we will be talking about a film that directed directly just uh, took everything from this film Made it its own. Mm-hmm. It's an original. We've, we'll have some special guests to talk it. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Six times. Six times.